Recorded during the Plague Year 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute. Each week we get together to talk about the all-too-timely 1971 Robert Wise-directed techno-thriller, The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Tierney Steele, co-host of many podcasts, including A League of Their Own, One Inning at a Time. Which is awesome, by the way. I love your shows. It's uh, it's fun. I, I And you've had me on the MASH Minute, which yes. I, had, I had mega fun, mega fun doing that. Uh, uh, it, yeah. It's we, the, it, it, MASH was a delight because my co-host for that was Megan Coleman, who thought we were going to talk about the TV show. And then I explained to her that we were actually analyzing a Robert Altman film minute by minute. And she was like, I'm sorry, what? Except I'm like, you're already in. Here's a microphone. <laughs> Next time, read the contract. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's fun. And MASH was my, MASH, I, I'm pretty sure MASH was my first R-rated movie that I ever snuck into. Although I didn't know I was sneaking into it because we... I saw it in the movie theater when it first came out, um, but it was uh, it, it was a uh, the the, <laughs> the guy that ran the theater in my town was also the postmaster, and he didn't really have time to look at things like what the rating was on the movie that he was showing. Gotcha. So it was, and it was a it was only a dollar. So there you go. <sighs> Back when yeah. the earth was cooling. Yeah, you never forget your first. Mine was Dogma, yeah. and we we bought tickets for another movie and then snuck into that theater. Ooh. And oh, I just remember girl. it coming up with that thing about the platypus, the quote about the platypus on the screen. <laughs> it was quite an introduction to the adult world. <laughs> Ta-da! Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was quite a quite a surprise to me. Every yeah, like you said, this everybody movie is surprised. G. I'm sorry. Can we take a minute to just like sit with that fact? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have. This uh, is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, eyes getting pecked out, naked girls, boobs! and hippie boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right there, right in your face, sixty feet tall. It's just, <sighs> and somewhere, and somewhere, you know, that little girl's parent, parents went to the movie, saying, "My daughter's in this movie." <laughs> oh, there she is. Dear. Surprise! It's rated G. They told me it was G. Uh, yeah. It just never, never a dull moment back in the seventies. This minute <sighs> could be rated G. This minute is fine. It has yeah. some weird power moves going on, but. Other than yeah. that, it's it's fine. <laughs> yeah, what a we and we start with a, a put down by Mr. Grimes there stuffing oh. a st- stuffing the cigar. He's invading uh, Robbie's personal space uh, and, and sticking a sticking a stogie in a uh, Cary Grant's old suit. That's why I was like, this is just some weird power move. Like I don't understand yeah. what it's supposed to accomplish. But it but it weirdly does accomplish what it obviously is going for. Like he looks so awkward and flustered. Yeah, and, yeah. And he, he, that's what he, he didn't wanted. Pat, yeah, he didn't pat him on the head. You know, it just yeah. he patted him on the on the coat pocket and here, have a Havana, Doc. <laughs> <sighs> and then we get one of my favorite stereotypes. So I realized this when I was watching this movie because, ironically, I don't know that I had seen this movie. I thought I had, and I've definitely seen huge chunks of it. But yeah. I'd read the book so many times, and I was like, oh, yeah, of course I've seen Andromeda Strain. And then I was watching it for this, and I'm like, not all of this is ringing a bell. <laughs> I think I maybe just saw the first like 20 minutes a million times on TV. <laughs> and then the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but yes, the the voice the this was right in my wheelhouse when I was growing up. Like like you were calling it competence porn. I I was raised on Tom Clancy and Michael Crichton and man, all this is 
is a voiceover while you slow zoom onto a black and white map. And I, yeah. I love it. I just love it so much. <laughs> it's so boring and so wonderful. Yeah, it's it's a, it, it, in the days before PowerPoint. This is how you did it. You know, yes. <laughs> you get a big blown up map and Someone talk about it. in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> it's so real. It's just yeah. It's uh. It's a docu. Uh, it's documentary esque, and uh, yes. Even, and you even have the uh, the classic Southern senator. You know, he should have said, "Well, I do declare." Or something. You, just, <laughs> you can picture the guy having his thumbs underneath his suspenders while he's saying it. And, yep. and why are they? To- you know, it's like why did they build wildfire out here? It's like, well, didn't you guys? Isn't this the Senate Appropriations Committee? And didn't you already get the approval? from the Senate Appropriations Committee to build this thing? <laughs> I, I have so many questions, because they even question, they're like, excuse me, I'm looking at this map, and there are these huge population centers all over, and they're just spouting numbers, and I'm like, I don't know this area of the country very well, but I do know that that isn't, like, abandoned land out there. Yeah, I mean, where they have, where they, I mean, just slightly to the upper right of where they, they, they zoom in and it says wildfire, yeah. There's a little lake called Lake Mead, and there's a little dam called Hoover Dam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's like okay, if they have a nuclear explosion at the base of Hoover Dam, what's gonna happen then? <laughs> Someone might notice. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, they kind of they kind of overlap the spot. That oh, by the way, isn't that Henderson just up the road? Um, it, yeah, it's, uh, we like, do I, love I, secret I, desert military installations in this country. That's true. I, I would have put it up in the north, though. I would have put it up somewhere, you know, Area Fifty One, yeah. a little bit, a little bit further out. Um, but I guess if you leave, if you leave Arizona and California off the map, it looks like it's the middle of nowhere. Yeah, um, except that they are anyway. That's whatever they've made their yeah. decision. Um, so this is the part where I drop that I know a very lot about a very small piece of this history because I went to Brian McMahon High School. In Norwalk, Connecticut, we were the senators because ah. Brian McMahon was a senator from Connecticut who wrote a little thing called the Atomic Energy Act of 1946. Oh. And was part of establishing the Atomic Energy Commission. <laughs> wow. Well, lay it on me, sister. This is great. <laughs> so that's And I. it's so funny because I have a distinct memory of like being a sophomore or junior and a vet coming and talking to us and being like, well, you guys know who McMahon was, of course. And we're all sitting there in 1999 and being like, no, we have no idea what you're talking about, sir. But he starts to tell us about the, you know, uh, Oppenheimer and, and uh, Al- Trinity and all that. Yeah. All that stuff. And this is right when I'm a huge X-Files fan. And I was just like, <laughs> I could feel all these things colliding in mini. So I was like, yes, yeah, secret bases secret bases in the desert yes this is great <laughs> uh, did you write love you on your eyelids when you like, thanks for telling me all this stuff this is the best yeah. this is the best you seem like a really cranky old man and i bet we have a lot of disagreements but thank you for this moment sir <laughs> he was Finger so pistols, thumbs up yeah. he was so aghast that a bunch of like suburban kids in Connecticut at the end of the 20th century had no idea that we were the senators because we were named after a, I mean, we knew he was a Senator, but it never occurred to us to like, look up what he did. (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out 
he helped us. Well, depending on how you feel about atomic energy, actually, you might have different uh, opinions. But yes, that was so. Yeah, looking up all this stuff. And again, I'm never going to completely write off the fourth Indiana Jones movie because, you know, (laughs) it's silly, but it's the silly that I grew up reading about. (laughs) It's it's got got a little piece of your heart right there. Just. You can't help it. There's a commemorative stamp of him, and he's looking at, at, at a, you know, rendition oh, of oh. an atomic symbol and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Aw. Wow. Yeah. His, well, there he, you are. he would have been all over this if he had still been alive yeah. in the 70s. Yeah. So. He, yeah. He, he would have been, he been one of those guys up on that up on that little podium tell, telling him, <laughs> well, you know, it's yep. atomic. It's okay. It's all, it's all right. <sighs> it's going to be fine. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. We've got this under control. <laughs> And I just, I don't understand, like, which, pre- like, how, this, this all got set up in 1969, and when we saw the, when we saw the flashback, it was, like, something like May 15th, 1969, when they were meeting in Berkeley, and then this oh, yeah, is, yeah. this is, this is all the post stuff, which happening which is happening on April 11th, uh, 1971, so it's, uh, you know, all this stuff was approved by Nixon, and, uh, uh, you know, I, it, they had to have had, well, I guess, you know, it's, I, I keep picking at these things and it's, well, if, if they didn't ask about it, they wouldn't be able to explain it in the story. Uh, but, you know, Nixon didn't have any problems with where, where they picked the site and uh, where else are you going to put it? That's, yeah. that's the other, the other thing. It's like, okay, you can't build it under the ocean. And uh, anyway, it's, it's Creighton being Creighton, but you know, it, 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 it has to move the story along. And they and think of all the money they save by just showing you know just having some voiceovers and showing a picture <laughs> on, a, on a picture of Nevada. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's probably public domain from the USGS or something. Oh, I'm uh. sure. And all they did was they added a little red arrow and the word wildfire. <laughs> yes, and they're done. Yeah, they, yeah, they got they went to the little uh, stationery store and but the they they used to have these dry transfer press on things that you could you could scrape with a pencil and get those little letters to line up so it looked like it was typeset but actually it was just little they're like little decals but oh, oh my god can we get poli- the original sharpie <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's wow. all someone so, did <laughs> yeah it's uh but anyway they they saved the cheap stuff because they had to go out and film in the desert uh, which I'm assuming is somewhere not too far from. Uh, it says flat rock, not, not flat rock, Nevada, but I'm sure it's somewhere not too far away from uh, Shafter, Texas, where they filmed Piedmont. So anyway, we're out in a long, dusty yeah. plain. When cars were boats. Yeah, yeah, big, big old Plymouth Valiant. Ah, oh, what a great car! I had a, I had a, I had its Dodge sister ship, the uh, Dodge Dart Swinger, and oh boy, it was there was there was no uh, there there was a catalytic converter that was the most advanced thing on it, but it was pretty much that. That was my beater car that took me to high school every day. <laughs> and uh, uh, my it, beater car had my my high school car had a little pop up mirror in the glove compartment, but no cup holders. Uh, and my friends, again, around the turn of the century, were just like, Tierney, what is going on? And I'm like, it's from the 80s. I don't know what to tell you. Apparently, cup holders had not been invented yet. Leave me alone. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> My my car was so old it didn't have an FM radio. It had an AM radio, and then uh, from Radio Shack you could buy this FM adapter, and it was a separate little radio that you'd plug into. You'd plug into the cigarette lighter, and you'd plug you'd plug the antenna from your AM radio into the box, and then you'd run another line back back out to your regular antenna, and you'd tune. 
it, it was like you know it was like it was like the old channel three on an atari game you had to turn your old tv set to channel three and then you could tune in anything you want you had to tune your am radio to like 1200 and then you could use the fm radio to bring in fm stations on your am radio and i thought that was like the neatest technology i have an fm radio now in my car <laughs> I was traumatized because at some point something had gone wrong with the radio. My cousins had tried to fix it. They had taken out the back seat to get at the antenna because like the antenna huh. retracted and then exp- and yeah. like it couldn't extend anymore. So by the time I got it, the antenna did not extend. The radio did not work, and the back seat had literally been tied back into place with rope. <laughs> So I only had cassettes and someone did eventually get me the little cassette with the thing that plugged into the headphone jack on a disc man. Oh, and that right, was the yeah. like height of technology. <laughs> and then I remember making my best friend Jerry sit in the passenger seat and hold the disc man so that it wouldn't skip as we were driving <laughs> around. <laughs> it was a good time. Yeah. We, <laughs> she had hated go- that car. I loved that car. <laughs> You had to go through that so that you can appreciate what you have now. You know, it's just one of those, oh, back in the day. And, you know, you tell your kids so, someday when your kids are older, you go, no, back in the day, we actually had to carry our own little records. They were CDs and you had to stick them in and you had you used to put them in the sun visor and they had special things that would hold them in the sun visor. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. I you had, had to have them lined up so you could change it without looking. It was very exciting oh, stuff. I had I had a friend I had a friend who had who had his, his all of his CDs in the uh in his sun visor and this being texas he parked he he worked at a at a sears in uh in austin and um he went in and worked worked the day shift at sears and when he came out all of his all this stuff had, had been kind of like laminated together oh. because because it, it, the cds were okay the cds were were intact except the rubber thing that he had on the sun visor had melted into the cds so it was kind oh. of like it was oh, it's oh like the La Brea God. tar pits. So he lost <laughs> oh. all, and they were you know, and of course he hadn't made like ba- he didn't use backup copies. He used the original yeah. ones that he actually paid cash money for. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Oh well, there went all his all of his Motley that? crew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, everything in this car is beige. That is the thing I yes. know. And then they're driving through the empty desert, and I'm like. Everything they're wearing, everything, yes. like all their accessories, everything is in that same color family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just they went through. It, it's like it's like the Sherwin Williams when you see like the darker beige and the lighter beige on, yes. on the three three card strip. It's like don't go outside this. Like there uh, are so many colors, but they are all just hues of the same color. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's stunning, and yeah, it, even their hair is beige. It's just yes, amazing. It, it it is an amazing shot. <laughs> Ah, it's so good, and you and you know they weren't like this isn't in a uh, they're they're not in a in a studio with a green screen in the background. They've just got a camera tied on the side of that car and bumpity bumpity bump and do do the next line. And, uh, but we, riding along like George Lucas and American Graffiti. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, and and I'm so glad every time. Every time we get back to Kate Reed, I just I just love Kate Reed. She's she's my favorite character in this movie, and she's my organizing sensibility. I just I, right. she's per- permanently ticked off. I was gonna save this for the next minute because her face is in the next minute. Just kill me, but I'll say <laughs> it here. This is a very male dominated movie, and I mostly read male dominated books and watched male dominated movies growing up because, like I said, I was into Clancy and all that stuff. Yeah. 
But the two women who are featured in this movie heavily are amazing. And I really wanted to ask, please tell me that Kate Reed and Paula Kelly were actually beloved and super famous. And I just don't know about it because I'm an uncultured millennial because both of those women are crushing it in this film. Yeah, they they had a lot of roles. They weren't they didn't get into fame. But nobody in this movie got into famous. That was yeah. the thing. Well, and I, I mean, was looking at their IMDb, and I'm like, wow, none of this means anything to me. And I'm like, but they're so good. Yeah, but you know, when when you look at their IMDb and you see how many listings, that meant they had jobs all through the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. They were hireable. They, I mean, they could do the job, and directors, casting directors, they all knew what they were capable of. They didn't need to be stars, but gosh, they were working every day. You know, these, these were... Um, you know, Universal Studios contract players. David Wayne was a Universal Studio, and he hadn't been in a movie since forever. So, you know, he, I, I've mentioned this before that his character, Charles Dutton, uh, he enjoyed being in a movie so much that he asked when he came back, he did a movie, he did a sitcom with Larry Hagman and asked that his character be named Charles Dutton in that one because he, he was so happy about oh, being back in the movies. I didn't so, know that was. On perp, you know, I thought that was just like, yeah, Charles Dutton sounds like a name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he, he took it with him, and you know, it's just he was just happy to be working. They were all happy to be working, and it's just yeah. you you root for them because it's like I I like you know Tom Cruise never has to worry about getting another job, but these people they always wondered if they were going to get called up for a Banachek or for being on Perry Mason or something or Medical Center or Hawaii Five O, and they you know they waited for that day that they would get a job as being the evil banker or something. <laughs> but, you know, but here they get this job, and you're like, these guys know what they're doing. And especially especially these, these two old huffers know what, you know, they've been in a million things, and they know how to read the lines and make you feel this, like... Between the two of them is one of my favorite things in the whole movie. They're so yeah. good against each other. And I don't know what it is about his voice or accent or timbre or whatever it is, but his voice is so soothing to me. Like you talk, when you want to talk about competence porn, that man just has to sit there and very calmly tell me what to do. And I'll be like, yes, sir. Sure. Of course I'm going to do that. You seem to know exactly what's going Like all he has to do is in a very quiet, calm voice, tell me what's going on. And I will believe anything he says. Yeah. Yeah. He, he just seems, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll get this all figured out. We'll, we'll work it out and figure, yeah. but it's like, but it's, it, this, this whole feeling is like you're going fishing with your uncle Charlie and your aunt Ruth and they're having a fight in the front seat. Yeah. <laughs> He's completely unintimidating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ruth's not having it. She just wants to, she just wants to complain about, oh, why am I stuck out here in this <gasps> stupid desert? I just, uh, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. It, uh, it's so it's so enjoyable, and you you just you just want to hug them. It's so yeah. yeah, and like I said, the the fa- the reaction faces she gets to make in the next minute really sold me. I mean, I liked her fine when she first showed up. Like that that first scene where you meet her, she's very yeah. enjoyable as like the grouchy. Yeah. I don't want to go. Okay, but I'm going. Character, but yeah. really, the longer I spent with her, the more I loved her. And and yeah. Paula Kelly, I just. As soon as oh, she yeah. showed up, I'm like, you, I love you. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She just, the faces, the faces that Paula Kelly makes are just <laughs> ideal, ideal. You know that like 
when she gets when she gets out of there and she's talking to the other nurses that are in the place that you know the regular oh wait do you see what I had a day today and you know you you want to you want to go hang with her and find out the story she's gonna tell about Doctor Hall and Doctor Stone and all these muckety mucks that don't they don't even show up for the for the um, you know the practice exercises but when they come in here and it's go time they expect me to do everything you know it's like oh gosh yeah where's no, her it's spinoff just, yeah yeah I would watch that show I mean gosh she needs to be like a nurse by day and a cop by night and you know i don't know she does like you know she's a paratrooper or something she's just so cool it's um uh anyway but yeah this is and this is their peak this is like this is it's so right where they you know right with their sweet spot this is how mm-hmm. the perfect acting jobs and and you buy them right away right away you're just you're convinced that's dr ruth levitt with dr charlie dutton and they're out in the middle of nowhere and they gotta go solve <laughs> a, a world crisis Ah, wow. Well, listen, we've got we've got plenty of stuff to talk about in this next minute, and it's mostly going to be the the Ruth and Charlie show. But but yep. we'll, we'll we'll get in yeah we'll get into that on on Friday. But uh, thanks for everybody for listening to us on on this episode. Um, Tierney, tell uh, uh, people where if they they love listening to how you how you look at the world. So tell people where they can find you on the big internet. Oh, wow. Please come find me on the big internet. It's lonely out here. Uh, <laughs> I'm on Twitter and Instagram at One Steel Sister because my website's onesteelsister.com and that's the best way to find me because, like I said, I'm doing a league of their own over this summer. I've talked about Joe versus the Volcano, the movie MASH, also the never-ending story, Return to Oz, and there's more to come. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, and- I love doing this stuff. <laughs> Wow, and uh, my my wife, the captain, and I were uh, were on Joe versus the volcano, and that was a hoot. That was a total hoot. We had we had such a great time talking about the big woo and and just uh, the moon and. Uh. Anyway, go yeah, go look for uh, that's another great conversation. So please go out and look at that because, <laughs> gosh, we had a great time. And my my wife really. Oh, by the way, my my I know this is inside baseball. My wife said to say hi, and she had she had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for folks who want to. Uh, li- uh, talk back with us we're always available on the social media go find us on uh facebook at project wildfire you can uh, have a conversation with us there a lot of people joining in now it's it's a lot of fun there also on um uh whatchamacallit twitter twitter andromeda minute uh and uh that that'll give you an update as to where everything is if you don't if, if you've missed any previous episodes they're always available uh apple Podcasts, you know where all the places the podcasters have this stuff spotify all that jazz and you can find us on the big site andromedaminute.com but listen we'll be back on friday to, to see more about ruth and, uh, and charlie here but uh in the meantime please wash your hands stay six feet apart and uh, we'll get through this okay so we'll see you here on friday as we finish up the week on the andromeda minute Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here.